Welcome back to our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid, where we talk to researchers previously funded by Australian Rotary Health about their research findings. I'm Jessica Cooper, and today on episode 12, I will be talking to Dr. Laura Hart from the University of Melbourne. Dr. Hart has received funding from Australian Rotary Health for her research over the years, starting from 2009 to 2011 with an Ian Scott PhD scholarship. From 2014 to 2016, she received a mental health research grant to conduct a pilot trial of the Teen Mental Health First Aid Program, and in 2015 was awarded an ARH Colin Dodds Postdoctoral Fellowship. Dr. Hart's postdoctoral fellowship project called Confident Body, Confident Child, Effectiveness Trial, Community-Based Dissemination of a Resource to Support Parents of Preschoolers in Preventing Body Dissatisfaction, Eating Disorders and Obesity, in their children was completed recently and we'll be talking about those findings in today's podcast episode. Dr Hart is a Senior Research Fellow in the Centre for Mental Health, Melbourne School of Population and Global Health at the University of Melbourne and has been working in population mental health for over a decade. Her research focuses on developing, evaluating and disseminating training programs for the public to improve prevention, awareness and help seeking for mental illness. So thank you so much, um, Laura, for joining us on our podcast today. How's everything been going for you lately? Thanks, Jess. It's great to be here. Um, As a parent of two uh, young boys, a preschooler myself, I not only work in the field of parenting prevention, but live and breathe it too. So it's been a, a challenging time during lockdown, but incredibly important for bringing together community and for living um, what you preach, I guess, and making sure that you're enacting all those values as a parent and as a community member that I know Rotarians do so well. Yeah, yeah, well, it must be great having that that research that you're exposed to every day and then, you know, putting it into practice, you know, with your own family. So, yeah, that, that must be very helpful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I know um, after five years, it must have been really nice to complete your, your postdoctoral fellowship on the Confident Body and Confident Child program. Um, so for those who might not know, would you mind taking us through what this project, um, what this program was for and um, what gave you and your team the idea to design this kind of program? Thanks. So Confident Body, Confident Child or CBCC, if I refer to it as that, the program, is for parents of two to six-year-old children to help them teach children about healthy eating without negatively impacting on body image. And the program started from research being conducted by Professor Susan Paxton, who is at La Trobe University, and my postdoctoral Colin Dodds fellowship was um, conducted through La Trobe University. Um, Her research in the Embodied Lab found that Children are establishing their body attitudes from as young as three to four years of age. And even at that really young age, they can report skipping meals or trying not to eat if they're worried about having put on weight. And so this showed us that if we want to prevent disordered eating and problems with body image, we need to start really young when those attitudes and those habits are first forming. 
And that was the, I guess, the catalyst that brought us to think about intervening with parents really early. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that it starts so young. I guess, um, yeah, at the at the very beginning um, of, of the trial of this new program, what were some of the, the main aims that, that you wanted to achieve? So before I began my fellowship, I'd actually worked with Susan on the development and the initial evaluation of Confident Body, Confident Child. And we had conducted a large randomised control trial with 345 parents to look initially at whether or not it was effective. And this found that parents improved their knowledge, their attitudes, and their parenting appeared better able to promote positive body image and reductions in disordered eating, which was great. But we weren't sure about two things. First, we weren't sure if the positive results that we were seeing in parents were actually translating into the children. So we needed to start testing the children to see whether their body attitudes improved and were they the way they reported eating was that more in line with what we would see from a prevention point of view. The other thing that we needed to do was to think about how do we get this program out on a really large scale so it needed to be done cheaply and effectively. So what we wanted to do was evaluate whether or not we could deliver this program online. So the fellowship really focused on developing evidence for those two things. First it was does this have the positive impact in children that we hope for? And the second thing was, is can this be delivered effectively online? And we actually used um, Zoom video conferencing back in 2015, 2016 to deliver the parent workshops and um, found that it was really well taken up by parents. Hmm. Yeah, so um, I guess you, you said that it was well taken up by parents. Were there any other really important findings from this study? So we found that children of parents who received Confident Body, Confident Child reported higher positive body image, or what we call body esteem, um, from when their parents had received CBCC 18 months later compared to the children of parents who had received the active control. Uh, so this was really positive. The other thing that we found that was um, when we delivered the workshops online, we had just as effective outcomes for parents as we did for are delivering it face-to-face. -face. So the good news is that we can deliver this parenting program over Zoom, video conferencing, and it's just as effective. And in fact, parents preferred it because it meant it really reduced the logistical nightmare of trying to get to a parenting program. So parents didn't have to organise childcare. They could do it in their own home where the kids were asleep and they didn't have to travel to a different place to all meet together. So it was really meeting parents' needs where they were at and it was, as I said, taken up by parents much more commonly than face-to-face. Yeah, and, and that would be such an important thing right now with, with the whole COVID thing and, you know, having to isolate yourself. So, yeah, important um, programs like that are just, yeah, very important. Um, I guess, um, oh, like, how, how much, um, you know, you, you wanted to disseminate this program? Like, what, what kind of, um, what would happen there? Is it, has it gone further? Yes, actually, I was, I was on a Zoom call with New York this morning because uh, the National Eating Disorders Association, which is the premier eating disorders organisation for the 28 million who live with an eating disorder in the US, are about to roll out Confident Body, Confident Child online via, via Zoom. So I was speaking with them about getting ready for their rollout. Um, the other really important thing that allowed this dissemination to happen while I was on 
you know, working on my Colin Dodd Fellowship was that I had the wonderful opportunity to travel to the US uh, for six months and I received mentoring from Professor Bryn Austin at Harvard University and she runs this group called the Strategic Training Initiative for the Prevention of Eating Disorders or Stress. And this group focuses on the public health mechanisms like law, media, taxation and sales, uh, education frameworks and policies that we can change to reduce the risk of eating disorders. And while I was in the US, I was able to train a number of eating disorder organisations, uh, staff members over there to start delivering the program face to face. And they've really um, enjoyed how um, useful the program is for parents of preschoolers and there's a real need out there for parents who are wanting to make sure their kids are eating healthy and are, they're aware that the way they talk about food and bodies might impact on body image but there's so little information out there about how to do that without having a negative impact that this program seems to be fitting a real need. Mm. Another finding that was really important from my time working on the fellowship was that we worked with maternal and child health nurses up on the Gold Coast to deliver the program and those nurses really sang the praise of the program. They thought it was so needed because they're, again, aware that um, parents are engaging in dieting and might have body image problems after pregnancy and they're translating in the way they talk with their preschoolers about bodies and weight. Uh, but they don't, they don't, the maternal and child health nurses didn't know how to guide parents in that language in those conversations. So this, again, really filled a gap and it, it was absolutely taken up um, up on the Gold Coast there with great gusto by the nurses. And we've also worked with educators at kindergarten and childcare centres and they've delivered confident body, confident child um, type information to their preschoolers as their curriculum for four-year-old kinder. And it's also led to policy development among childcare and kindergarten staff around how they manage appearance-based teasing in their young people, how they uh, try and reduce appearance conversations and dieting and weight conversations among the staff, and even the way they talk about food when they all sit down together to have lunch and snacks. So it's it's We've found a number of different ways that we can disseminate it and we're hoping that this research will continue with this really important step that Australian Rotary Health has given the program. It's been so important in developing this level of evidence and finding all the ways in which we can get the program out there. Mm, yeah, it sounds like it's really, yeah, expanded and, and it can, yeah, really help like a lot of different people and so uh, I guess what, what do you think this might mean for, you know, the, the prevention of, of future body image issues um, for children in the future? I think most importantly, our program addresses the myth that you should only be proud of your body or feel confident in your body if you're of an average size. So loads of health research now shows that if adolescents and adults dislike their bodies, this doesn't motivate positive health behaviours like eating fruit and veg and engaging in regular physical activity. And in fact, the opposite is true. We know that if you have strong body dissatisfaction, then you're more likely to engage in dieting and avoiding exercise, and this promotes further weight gain over time. So our program teaches adults and the children that they live and work with that actually we all need to have body confidence. And this means appreciating our bodies for all the amazing things that they can do, focusing on nourishing our bodies and enjoying them and trying to stop obsessing about the way we look and what size we are. 
And importantly, we need to encourage body confidence for everyone, for all children, not just those with a certain number on the scale. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so important, like teaching those habits early on so that it gets easier later. So, yeah, it sounds like a really great program. And I think it really has some real potential to make a, a difference in young children's lives. Um, so, and I think having this uh, relationship with Australian Rotary Health over the past decade has allowed many of our Rotarians to get to know you and your work quite well. Um, can you maybe give us an idea of the kind of impact the fundraising and donations of our Rotarians can have um, when supporting mental health research? I don't think it can be underestimated, to be honest. In Australia, there are very few organisations or schemes that fund mental health research, and even fewer who would fund prevention research like the development and evaluation of confident body confident child. And when you try as a researcher for the really big funding agencies nationally, like the National Health and Medical Research Council, your research already has to have quite a lot of evidence and quite a lot of data to show that that taxpayer money is going to a good place and it's really likely to be effective. So to find funding that helps a program get off the ground and get that early evidence is really, really hard. And I'd say Australian Rotary Health plays an essential role in allowing young researchers and young programs to do that really important initial work where you get those early stages of evidence and then allow you to become more competitive competitive in the big funding markets. And without this funding, we just wouldn't see important programs that are available to the community that help prevent mental illnesses. Um, and it, we just wouldn't have the same level of effective mental health programs out there that we know are helping save and improve lives. So I'm incredibly grateful to, to Rotarians and all the fundraising work they do for Australian Rotary Health. Yeah, well, you've done some really great work and, you know, I know especially like the, the Teen Mental Health First Aid Program as well, you know, people you know love that story and I think maybe it'd be great to get you back on the podcast for, you know, another episode maybe with Claire Kelly, um, Dr. Claire Kelly, and, yeah, we can talk about that a bit more because, yeah, it's just you, you've got some great findings from these projects that they've been funding. So, you know, it's always great to hear that, that impact that the fundraising has had. So thank you and, and thanks again for joining this episode it's it's been great to have you thanks so much um i just the, the mental health first aid relationship with rotarians and australian rotary health has also been a great one and i know that the, the mental health first aid program and definitely the teen mental health first aid program is is very grateful for the for the work and i think if researchers are trying to make a real difference with community-based programs, then there can be great relationships between Rotary Clubs and Australian Rotary Health and, and mental health research. So thanks to all the Rotarians across Australia who fundraised for mental health research. My work wouldn't be possible without your support, and I know that it makes such a positive difference in many lives, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much again. Um, yeah, I know they always love to hear that, so thank you. That was the 12th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. On behalf of Australian Rotary Health, I would like to thank everyone who donated to our COVID-19 appeal recently for mental health research. It's been a tough year so far for donations and we understand how difficult it has been for many Rotary clubs to go ahead with their usual fundraising events. So 
we appreciate your support, especially now. If you can, please continue supporting mental health research like Laura's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.